In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said, He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Men speak to animals in different ways and for different purposes. And we don't typically speak to animals with their best interests in mind, but rather with our own best interests in mind. In some cases, we speak to animals harshly to coerce them into doing what we want them to do. And in many cases, this is how we deal with livestock. A good farmer has ethical standards for how he treats his livestock, but at the end of the day, the farmer is not ultimately interested in the pig living a long and happy life in the mud. The good farmer, while avoiding undue cruelty, raises the hog for slaughter in order to eat it. And so, while raising the hog, the farmer uses his voice to instill fear in the hog in order to get it to do what he wants it to do, to go where he wants it to go, and to get it to eat what he wants it to eat. Farming in this way is no sin, but it's clear that the farmer is not interested in the welfare of the hog beyond what is necessary for that hog to produce meat. The hog obeys the farmer's voice because it is afraid of what the farmer might do if it disobeys. Another way of using our voices to deal with animals and that leads to their harm is to neglect them in the form of giving them what they want, telling them what they want. This is akin to wanting your dog to like you, even if it means that you only feed it treats and not the nutritious dog food that it needs, and then you let it go and play in the road while you walk it because it doesn't like its leash. That dog then listens to your voice. It gladly hears what you say, in a Pavlovian sort of way, but it soon dies either from malnutrition or by getting hit by a car. The voice of fear and the voice of neglect both tend toward death. In stark contrast to this, however, is the voice of the shepherd who leads sheep. His voice is the voice of life. He knows his sheep, each of them, intimately, and they trust him because he leads them to food and water. He defends them against all danger, he guards and protects them from all evil. He uses his rod and his staff to discipline them, to keep them from doing the things they want to do that will lead to their harm, and he does this because he loves the sheep. He wants what is best for them, and he is even willing to put himself in harm's way for their good. 
And so when sheep that are led by such a shepherd hear the voices of thieves and robbers, whether they be harsh and coercive like the pig farmer or seductive and pandering like the incompetent dog owner, the sheep don't listen because they don't know those voices. They know their shepherd's voice and the goodness of his voice. And they gladly await his voice, for they know that it leads to what they need. You dearly beloved Christians gathered here in this congregation today in this particular sheepfold of Christ, you're exposed to many voices in your day-to-day -day life as Christians. And most of those voices do not speak to you for your good. They are the voices many times of thieves and robbers who seek to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. On the one hand, there is the harsh voice of those who would snatch you away from Christ by threats and persecution, attempting to coerce you to follow them out of fear, the way a farmer might speak to his hog. They say things like, if you want to keep your job here, then you must denounce what your Lord says about human life in the womb, or human sexuality, or human marriage. Even more extreme, you might be faced with, if you desire to keep your life, then renounce Christ and that notion that he is the only way to salvation and that bigoted position that those who do not believe in Christ are condemned to hell. There is another sort of voice you hear, the voices of thieves and robbers who attempt to entice you away from Christ by appealing to your sinful nature, the way the incompetent dog owner feeds it treats and lets it play in the road. They would entice you to themselves by having you embrace your sin and revel in its enjoyment. They would say that if you like drinking too much on the weekend, well, that's just fine. Go have a good time. Or they might say, if you are tempted by the lusts of the flesh, that there's no harm in satisfying those desires. And of course, this list goes on and on and on. And you know very well in what ways the world attempts to entice you away from Christ and his goodness by means of the flesh. You, dear Christians, are exposed to those voices constantly. This is part of life in this fallen world. But although you hear those voices, those are not the voices you know or the voices that you recognize. So do not follow them. Those voices are of the world, but you are not of the world. You are in the world, but not of the world. In this world, you will have trouble, the trouble of hearing those voices who hate you, who seek to steal and kill and destroy you, to rip you away from Christ. But there is a voice that you do know, a voice that you recognize, the voice of the one who has overcome the world, the voice of Christ Jesus, the Good Shepherd, and his is the voice you are to follow. For Jesus does not speak to you to coerce you by means of fear as though dealing with livestock. 
He doesn't cater to you to win you over by patronizing your sinful desires so as to neglect. He speaks to you as a good shepherd speaks to sheep. What he says to you is always for your good, and it always flows from his love for each and every one of you. You know and recognize that voice, the voice of the Good Shepherd, because he calls you by name. He claimed you as his own in holy baptism, where you were given your name, but more importantly, where his name was placed upon you. He calls you Christians, you who bear the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You also know his voice because you have learned to know it by continually hearing him speak through his word. As it is read here, as it is preached now, as we speak it in the liturgy, and when you read your Bibles at home throughout the week. And you know and recognize his voice because it calls you in love and shepherdly discipline as he leads you to heaven. His voice rings out clearly that he is the good shepherd and his goodness is marked by him laying down his life for the sheep. He does not sacrifice you for his good. He sacrifices himself for your good. He lays down his life. He subjects himself to the wolves and the lions, to death and hell. And by so doing, he grants you everlasting life in his kingdom. For not only does he lay down his life for his sheep, but he also takes it back up again, leading the sheep as the one who is victorious over death and the grave by his resurrection. That love in which Jesus speaks to you means that he does sometimes speak to you as a shepherd uses his rod and his staff. That is, his voice at times disciplines you. He exposes your sin with his law. He administers discipline to you to keep you from following that sin toward your eternal death. He is, after all, good and is not like the incompetent dog owner. But that discipline is not according to harshness flowing from coercion but that discipline is from love leading toward life. The way the shepherd drives away sheep from the dangerous rapid water that would kill them and toward the still waters that supply life to them. It is because you know and recognize the voice of Jesus speaking in this way that you do not harden your hearts when you hear his word, even when it speaks in discipline. We sang of Christ this morning in Psalm 95 saying, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. But the Psalm continues even after where we left off saying, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion when your fathers tested me. They tried me though they saw my work. They do not know my ways, they shall not enter my rest. The difficult and disciplinary words of the Good Shepherd must be received as a measure of his love for us. To reject those words is to reject the Shepherd himself, to reject his mighty works of deliverance 
and to reject his salvation. So do not harden your hearts against the words by which he exposes your sins and calls you to repentance. Embrace them as you would the discipline of loving parents, for he administers this in perfect doses to keep you from straying into eternal death. And so you, dear Christians, you follow Christ's voice, even the voice of rebuke and discipline, because you know where that voice is leading you. The voice of fear and coercion leads to death, but the voice of Christ leads to life. And his voice of discipline lasts only as long as we are in this sinful flesh, following him on the path that leads to heaven. For once we enter into heaven with Christ, there will be no more sin and death, and there will be no more discipline. There the voice of discipline will sound no more, but it will give way completely to the voice which cries out, come ye blessed ones, receive the inheritance which puts prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Receive the room in my father's house, which I have made ready for you by my death and resurrection. This is the voice we long to hear. This is the voice which cried out to our brothers in Christ, Dave and Orv this week. And this is the voice which will cry out to you, dear Christians, dear lambs of Christ, who know his voice and follow him now. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Alleluia, Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.